Welcome to Cinemapodrophy, a retro movie podcast. I'm Brian, and joining me are my good friends and co-hosts. Hey guys, I'm Corey. And I'm Dusty Wodes. What? <laughs> That's Justin, and on this show we'll be reviewing some of your favorite <laughs> and possibly not so favorite films from the past few decades. If you'd like to hear more of our reviews, please subscribe to Cinemapodrophy on your favorite podcast outlet. And if you'd like to suggest a film for us to review or just give us your thoughts, hit us up on Instagram or at cinemapodrophy at gmail.com. Stay tuned for all things cinematic and updates on our next episode. Cinema! This week we'll be reviewing the 1992 comedy Death Becomes Her, starring Meryl Streep, Goldie Hawn, and Bruce Willie, directed by Robert Zemeckis. What do you get when two bitter frenemies fight over the same mustachioed pushover? Scorned lovers, magic potions, and a lot of empty cans of acrylic spray paint. This dark and silly satire is a timeless, just like its main characters. Corey, this was your pick. It is. I've, I remember um, our grocery store as a kid, um, believe it or not, had like the, a really small like movie rental area when you walked in. And... Um, this is one of the movies that I remember specifically catching my eye on the shelf because it's Meryl in white, a beautiful white dress, um, Goldie Hawn in a red dress with a hole in her stomach and Bruce Willis is holding a candelabra like through her stomach. So I was intrigued at a young age and fell in love with it from, from that moment on. I always saw this movie my grocery store growing up. It also had a little video rental corner and I remember seeing this movie parents would never let us rent it because they said it's too scary because of what you just said the backwards neck and uh the cannonball size hole in her in Goldie <laughs> stomach same i uh i never i don't remember seeing it in a grocery store but i remember catching it on i don't remember if it was tnt or one of those channels and the scene where she stands up after falling down the stairs traumatized me Every single time I tried to watch the movie um, in my adult years now. Very funny. Yep. Well played. Yep. 92. Yep. Um, so who wants to kick us off with a bit of a with a bit of an intro? Well, I think I would like to know what you all are drinking first. Touche, sailor. I am drinking a bloody Caesar. Uh, I started drinking these in Mexico, and they blow Bloody Marys out of the water. What is a Bloody Caesar? Good question. A Bloody Caesar has Clamato juice instead of Bloody Mary mix. Oh, okay. I'll have so to try one next time I'm up. You throw throw some hot sauce in there, some Worcestershire, and... Um, Worcestershire. Which I'm sure is actually how you introduce yourself today on the podcast. <laughs> Also, from now on, I'm calling it Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire. What? what? <laughs> Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Winchester. It's, 
So I watched a YouTube video to learn how to say it, and they said the best way to think about it is da-da-da, Worcestershire, which I don't, I, I still don't get. But, you know, you just kind of mumble all the, the, the sounds together, and people are just like, eh, no one, has, no one knows how to really say it, so okay. I think you just stick out your bottom jaw as far as it goes and then just slur through all the words. Worcestershire. Are you Wilford Brimley? <laughs> I'm Wilford diabetes. Brimley, and I've got Worcestershire sauce. And diabetes. And diabetes. The sugar. <laughs> Guys, this is the movie podcast. All right, Brian, That's what are you true. drinking? Today, friends, I am drinking New Riff Single Barrel uh, Bourbon. It is a sour mash, Kentucky straight. Uh, it is hot at 104.1 proof. Um, but it drinks very, very smooth. It is distilled in an old tradition style, whatever the hell that means. Uh, but it's very tasty, and I am happy to have it. Plus, the bottle is beautiful. I don't know if you can see it on the Skype, but no, not with the background. Mm-hmm. And it's and, and our here. listeners can't see it either. <laughs> I'll just have to use the power of imagination. <laughs> Um, you, that sounds delicious. I I'm drinking a uh, a cosmopolitan inspired by Goldie Hawn's Ooh. red dress. Um, the uh, fresh lemon juice. Um, my I keep my gray goose in the freezer so it's obviously ice cold. A uh, little Cointreau, and then uh, I actually prefer to use pure cranberry juice instead of like the Ocean Spray cocktail. Um, it definitely is more bitter, but it's also to me just more delicious and. It's a really pretty color as well. Um, mm-hmm. So there you go. Cheers, guys. Love that. Cheers, boys. I'm drinking mine Cheers. out of a coffee mug because I'm classy. And I hey. don't have a Bruce Willis-sized bourbon glass. Um, stay tuned. Christmas is around the corner. <laughs> don't you tease me. All right. Well, um, now that we've got that out of the way, um, just briefly... How did you guys like the movie? Uh, Corey, I know you you love it. Um, I had childhood trauma I had to get through uh, in order to enjoy it. Justin, how about you? You know, I thought this movie was a lot of fun. I, I uh, you know, it was, what, an hour, hour and a half? Yeah. Um, it, it, it really didn't have much of a plot, but it was... It was funny enough that they kept me entertained the entire time. I loved all the quotes from the movie. Um, I feel like, like Edward Scissorhands, there were uh, some secret hidden things in the background that were going on. Yep. And uh, overall, I just it was a fun movie to, to watch. Um, Corey and I, we actually watched it together as we text, or we... We watched it separately, but we were texting as we watched it, and that that was uh, that was a lot of fun too. Yeah, nice. it was. You know, you're you're absolutely right about quotes in this movie, Justin. I think I wrote more quotes down from this movie than any of the other ones that we've watched so far. There's a lot of good ones. Yeah, definitely. So, I uh, I really enjoyed honestly the the whole setup for the movie. I thought that it was. They breezed through it, um, but like each part of the setup for like the main plot was just so funny because it was like, uh, what was her name? Helen and uh, Dr. Melvin, Melvin, whatever the hell his name was. Bruce Willis and Goldie Hawn's characters. Yes. Um, Ernest. Ernest, thank you. Uh, The importance of being 
um, they like <laughs> they, they, so they're engaged to be married, and then they go to has been Meryl Streep's Madeline, uh, her show, and it's not good. Um, and then they go backstage, and he's just enamored with her. Turns out they're longtime bitter rivals, um, and she's stolen men from Helen in the past. And she's like, stay away from her. Oh, my God. Oh, no. And suddenly they're getting married. And next thing you know, she's eating ice cream out of the tub with her fingers with 44. Icing, icing, not ice cream, icing. Touché. With all the cats in the house. So yes. I could smell that apartment through my television. So... Speaking of um, the the beginning, if you will, you know, and I think you I think you said it well. I think it it does transition well through the time hops that it makes. But what one thing that I loved about this movie so much is the iconic music. The intro, it's black. All of a sudden, there's this this violin going, and mm-hmm. you're immediately you're like, oh, what's this? Like it's pulls you in right away. Um, I just love that. Well, that, and I feel like there were there was lightning and thunder throughout the entire movie it didn't matter if they're inside outside there's lightning and thundering going and that plays along yes. with the music yes did you guys it. sorry go, go ahead. ahead no you go ahead no you it's your movie i'm drinking touche um i i uh i found it like i agree the first note i wrote down was uh i don't know music notes but i wrote down a musical note strings tense suspense and then uh throughout the film i felt like it really hearkened to that sort of frankenstein vibe um where it was just that very like tense like ever growing ever building higher and higher pitched string music and then <coughs> lightning and thunder it was beautiful and I've got to say it, I've got to say it again. I, the one thing that I love about what we're doing with this podcast is it's forcing me to sit down and critically watch movies um, that I've watched so many times that I, normally it's background for me, right? I'm doing something else and the movie's on. And one thing I caught this time that I had never caught before was uh, in the intro where um, people are leaving the theater as Madeline's performing and they, um, the camera pans over a playbill that's that's fallen into a puddle and it's raining. And the people who walk by say, talk about waking the dead. And I had never picked up on that little um, foreshadowing moment, foreshadowing line, if you will. But I did this time. So, well, this almost it, it almost watched like a cartoon because it was so ridiculous mm-hmm. just with some of the things that were happening and some of the the scenery and just but it, it was fun it was fun and again i know we talked about edward scissorhands we liked how it had a lot of uh what do we call it uh practical effects because mm-hmm. it you know it was an older movie this you know kind of came out the same time a lot of practical effects and i feel like it just, I don't know. I, I really liked it. I don't think this would hold up if if it was made today. Like, I don't think so either because, and Justin, you and I briefly chatted about this, is I feel like the visual effects are stunning for the time frame that this was made, like early 90s, right? I mean, they just look so good. And Justin made the comment that today, I think the CGI would just look so fake and not... Today yeah, it would be real. it would be unimpressive. In, for 1992, 
having like to not to jump too far ahead, but like the head spinning moments uh, of Meryl Streep, like those looked good. Even yeah, watching yeah. them now, it was like, wow, it's yeah. impressive that that was made in 91, came out in 92. I, you know, her head was backwards. And I feel like now they would have gone over the top and been like, oh, let's just rip her head off. Like, let's yeah. let's let's do something outrageous. But like her- this was just kind of simple. And like, I loved it how. I'm just going to jump right in, but I, I loved it how, you know, when she finally came back home in earnest, he had enough, like he, he had enough. So, you know, they're arguing, they're walking towards the top of the stairs. The, again, I don't think in today's movies, they would have done this, how she was rocking on the top step for like, it felt like 30 seconds, Forever, but it was yeah. really it like was a long time. It was like five seconds, but like that would not happen. Like you would just tumble over. And I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. I just, I, you don't see that in today's movies and it's, it's kind of sad, but I, and then I also loved it how she, uh, she kind of acted like the ring girl, how like all of her joints like came back into place. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, yeah, no, good. No, I, I was just going to say, I think that was what Brian was talking about, how that that would scare him as a child, seeing, yeah. you know, all of her parts come back into into place and and then get up and walk. And so, no, I could see that. I could see that for sure. Um, so I, I watched a I watched an interview with Meryl once where she said her mom actually was on set the day that uh, they did the like backwards head scene where she walks back where she's like, I'm just going to make a a telephone call. Right. Like, and essentially she was wearing like a cap that had like a green screen material, whatever, and actually walking backwards. And like, that's, that's the day her mom chose to come to set was that day. And I guess in the interview, she says like her mom was so unimpressed and was basically like, this is what you're doing with your life. Like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like, cause it wasn't, you know, she's not really acting it. I mean, she's acting, but she's just walking, right? There wasn't like, she wasn't speaking in those moments for that, that filming day, but it was just, <laughs> she just kind of rolls her eyes in the, in the interview, which I think is funny. Well, I um, loved it how, when she was walking backwards, like she could not figure out steps. She could not figure out like yes. how to use her arms or anything, or even sitting down at the piano. And like then that this piano sit was my favorite yeah. when she turned her head away from it. So ass away from it and she sat down yep. away from the bench i laughed out loud it was so funny but uh kind of you know after all of that and then when he took her to the hospital by far my favorite part of the movie was everything that happened at the ho- the hospital just how the doctor like how i have in my notes how scared the doctor was to check her out how he wanted to get a second opinion where he basically just wanted to get out of that room as fast as possible. Just, you know, even the part where he's grabbing her wrist and he's like, that doesn't hurt. That doesn't hurt. And just, you could just tell, like he was just terrified in that moment. Also, Ernest was terrified because he's a doctor and he's having no idea what's going on. Exactly. But 
some some things that I caught from the hospital scene that I don't know if you guys did. Um, I loved it when they were walking around the hospital and there's like, where's all the doctors? Where's the doctors? No doctors were were to be found in the entire hospital. And then I don't know if they did this on purpose, but all of the wallpaper and the curtains, they were all this like green palm tree like pattern. I don't know if that was on purpose or what, but it, it just, it was funny to me and it stuck out. Oh, I didn't notice. The other thing is when they, they go to the waiting room and there's a, there's a guy and a girl and they look like they were in a tennis accident, which I didn't know tennis had accidents, but <laughs> the guy's elbows are all bloody. His knees are all bloody, which, okay, I get that, but He's still holding on to the tennis racket in the waiting room. <laughs> and again, like, that's so stupid, but I loved it. I thought it was so funny. But, yes, yeah, so talking about the hospital scene, I, I did forget about something that happened before that. Corey, what was that? I'm sorry. Yes, I want to take a quick back step because the, the scene where Goldie Hawn has gained a significant amount of weight and is... um um. Uh, magooing around her apartment that's filled with cats and clutter and um, icing. But I, I truly feel like, like we're, what they didn't tell us was that she was actually the founder of Dunkaroos um, with all of the icing that she's uh, consuming, because I'm sorry, if you've ever had a Dunkaroo, did you not basically just eat all the icing in one sitting and eat those little crackers separate? Fuck yeah. Just saying found founded by, um, What's her name? Not Goldie Hawn, but but the actress or the uh, the character, Helen something. Helen, yes, Helen, yes, founded by Helen. Helen also, Sharp. I feel Helen Sharp. Thank you. Wait, I told you real, real quick before oh, yes. we go past this. Talking about the Dunkaroo things, were you guys a bread a breadstick and cheese guy, or were you like the the club cracker with the little cheese breadstick and sticker? cheese? Okay, breadstick and cheese. See, I like the little spreader. Because fuck the crackers, just take that little knife and you just scoop up all the cheese. Well, see, I would do that with the sticks though. I would I would take like two sticks and and get all the cheese out, and then the rest I would just eat those little crackers and be sad because there was all the cheese gone. But <laughs> and you had to use you had to use the two sticks, otherwise the stick would break. Exactly, mm-hmm. you couldn't it, it couldn't support the weight. Not unlike Goldie Hawn's floorboards in her apartment her while she was in the fast suit. Her floorboards, and can we just talk about that ass for a second? Oh, I mean, ass. here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I mean, it was obviously a comedic moment, um, but what I loved the, is the fact that they um, made her ass look like it was hungry in the sense that her, 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 um, her pants are being sucked in, right? I mean, both in her apartment and also when she's in the psych ward. And my favorite part about that moment in the psych ward is after the um the the nurse the facilitator the counselor whatever you want to call her pulls her into the office slams the slams the clipboard down she also has had it she's going and she's like you're not one pound lighter like she just lays into her yeah spills the tea and it's like basically you have not achieved anything you can't even you can't even lose a pound but anyway i just i love that woman she deserves an academy award (laughs) Well, I loved it when they're having the group session and they were like, Helen, what do you want to talk about? 
And she, she I, I feel like she kind of pauses and she goes, Madeline, and how they all erupted and they all yes. freaked out. It was yeah. great. Like everybody's sick of it. But leave what, it to the nineties to really utilize a good fat suit, though. Man. Totally. What and you, also, while we're talking about Goldie, can we talk about how at the beginning of the movie before she had gained the the weight where her hair looked like a dustpan? That hairstyle yes. of mm-hmm. like total dustpan hairstyle. She had a true chili bowl, but she also had a chili bowl at the the hospital, the psych hospital. She looked very true. Amish, I thought. True, yes. But what were you gonna say, Brian? Oh, nothing. You guys got it. Well, <laughs> I'm good. No, I'm 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 reminiscing. Just the the whole scene. I I really liked the hospital scene. I really did. I would. It reminded me um, of another great Bruce Willis movie. Um, do you guys ever see Glass? Glass. That was, just uh, came out, didn't it? Yeah. So it's uh, Unbreakable. Um, oh God, what's the middle one? Split and then Glass. It's all part of that like weird superhero M Night Shyamalan trilogy. All right, yeah, it's going that... on the list. <laughs> Add it to the list. And speaking of the list, if you want to suggest a movie for us, reach out to us, slide into our DMs on Instagram or um, our email address, which is cinemapodrophy at gmail.com. Can confirm. And this is exactly how we pick movies. We talk about a movie. You go, you guys haven't seen that? Oh, God, you got to watch that. That's exactly how this (laughs) whole thing started. Well, going back to the whole hospital didn't you guys love it how he went i feel like he went to the waiting room then he came back and um madeline was already gone and there was a doctor just kind of hanging out in that empty room and he he was like she's gone she's gone she's in the morgue so he he takes an elevator down to the basement goes to the morgue and she's magically already in a body bag and in the freezer, in the morgue, in a matter of, what, two minutes, if Gosh. that. And then I loved it, again, talking about the effects and just talking about how ridiculous this movie is. He opens up that the morgue freezer door. I, I know it has a real name, but that's what I'm going to call it. And as he starts to slide the body out, Magically, there's windows in the basement with thunder and lightning going off. So ridiculous, but great. It's very consistent, like you said, for sure. On that note, can we just talk about, can we give a shout out to all the morticians and the um, um, medical folks who have to work with dead bodies? I think that it takes a certain person to do that. And shout out to you all. Tough job. I don't think you're a creepy person if you do it, but that would be a difficult job. Yeah, it takes a certain person for sure. It does. I, I... But shout out, shout it out, shout, shout out. out. So, um, I'm trying to think. There was another part that happened in the morgue that was that was really funny. I, Brian, I know you said that you really like that part. I can't, I can't think of what else happened in there. I'm uh, I'm sort of lost in my own notes because the 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 hospital scene was great, um, but then 
like when they finally get back to the house, um, I think the parts that I laughed some of the hardest at was Goldie Hawn being the worst spy in heels that has ever existed. (laughs) (laughs) Just like looking like she's going to drop a deuce at any moment, the way she's walking. And she almost gets run over like, and I, I I must've rewound that like four times trying to figure out like, did they cut that or did they almost run over Goldie Hawn? It's it's reversed. I think it's in my opinion, I think it's ex- the exact same effect they use in Home Alone 1 when Kevin almost gets hit by the van. Mm-hmm. Um I they I think it's reversed to be honest with you. That would make sense because yep. damn that was close. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Speaking of practical effects, I love them. There you go. Yeah. But I mean, that's a Halloween costume that someone could do right now. And that's what I love about this movie is that this is a cult classic. The people who love it know it. It it's you could do it and people would 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 love it. But to your point, um, that costume if you were Goldie Hawn as a spy, people would be people who get it would be would love it. Absolutely. Well, I feel like all of the outfits that that uh, Madeline and Helen wore, they were they reminded me of how my mom used to dress when I was a kid. And she bought all of her stuff at Talbot's. Like, just that, you know, that ridiculous power suit, those, like, bold colored dresses. And, Corey, I know you mentioned it, how they had those ridiculously long red fingernails. (laughs) Like, the classic red. Yes, that absolute classic red. But we haven't even talked about the best outfit in the whole movie. We haven't. Um, I guess her name is Leslie Von Ruman. I think it's Lyle. Okay, Lyle. I think it's Lyle. Anyways, kind of moving forward, you know, how, how you know, Madeline gets up, well, she gets upset and she leaves and, and she goes to this, this castle who has butlers that also look like a combination of WWF wrestlers and magicians. It's basically Edward Scissorhands castle before it became decrepit. Yes. I wrote down, <laughs> uh, I wrote down eighties hair metal. Yeah. Hair metal. Yeah. butlers. Real but, deep V's like down to the dick all the way to the root. Like, deep, like deep, a real, a, a Leo, what do they call him? A leotard? Unitard, yeah. technically. Unitard, Unitard, that's it. Yeah. But that that outfit was probably the best one in the entire movie. The, With uh, the beads? I don't know if it was just necklace, a, a giant necklace, or if it was like a beaded bikini. Um, necklace bra? Necklace? I think it's just a big necklace, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah. You well, you talking about Meryl Streep's mom coming on set? Could you imagine if that lady's mom came on set and was like, "This is what you're doing with your life. You're wearing a necklace as a shirt in movies." So right. So another another fun fact. I from and and this do not quote me. You could you could research it and it could be wrong. But what I remember is the pool scene where she gets out and she's naked, or you see her ass. That's actually not her. Like there's something that. It's like her stunt double. Oh, she, she, a, she, a she obviously, double? yeah, she wore the beaded necklace, but or the, the the beaded bra necklace, but not that piece. Something, something. Um, 
to take a quick pivot, very similarly to Game of Thrones, when Cersei Lannister is walking from the Sept, is it the Sept, back to, mm -hmm. and she's naked? That's not actually her. Shame. Um, fun Dingle. fact. Yes, yes, not her. But anyway. I did not know that. Yep, that is not her. Hmm. Interesting. Fun fact. Spoiler alert. Spoilers for that. I don't think we can technically okay, call any just... of anything we talk about is a spoiler at any point. Can we talk about can, can we also address the fact that as a gay man, I know a lot about naked women. It's kind of weird. Whatever. <laughs> hey, you know. I think as Americans, we just know a lot about naked women. True. It's kind of our bread and butter. Anyway, moving on from that awkward segue, me. Um, back to uh, not chronologically, but like the Goldie Hawn bad spy vibes um, <laughs> and the just the silly plot to get rid of Madeline's body. <laughs> Yes. And she's just not hearing what Bruce is saying. Um, that was the point that, you know, around when she's like sneaking through the gate, you notice that she's got the same little brooch pin that you saw Madeline get. And you start connecting the dots like, oh, that's how she got young and hot again. That makes sense. And then um, obviously the the iconic scene in the movie where uh, she God, what does she hit her with? It wasn't a shovel. She hits well, her first, with something, huh? At first, she gets hit with a shovel. Goldie Hawn hits hits Meryl Streep with a shovel and smashes and the, her head down. Is no, is that, that when she goes and gets the shotgun? No, it no, no, uh, was the shotgun first. She the so, shotgun's first. Yeah, that's amazing. Like the laying in that in that little pool, just completely bleeding out, like that red circle around her, like freeze frame. Just such a great like horror vibe in this laughable scene well um, how ridiculous I, is it when they shoot her with a shotgun she is like projected up into the air and then crashes down into the fountain like yes why that happened i don't, I don't know but it, it's great and yeah to your how the pool is just filled with blood and then her classic line i'm all wet <laughs> yep her eyes in that scene too were like straight white like goldie hawn's got really light eyes as it is but they were like white but that yeah that's weird but that's the thing so that is that's what we don't see from meryl so that's when when bruce willis is painting her eyes he has to paint her eyes because she's now dead and the and he needs to make her look alive so in that moment with goldie she's now dead and needs to have like the, so it, if you notice the next scene when they're all in their like fabulous lingerie and looking amazing, her eyes look back to normal because they've been painted and and done up by by Bruce. Yeah, and, and there is a part where where the both women are standing next to each other. And Goldie Hawn's eyes are that that white grayish, and you can see Meryl Streep's is like purple, blue, blue, purple, purple blue. Yeah, they're they're just perfect perfectly painted like colored eyes yep practical Good. effects in the 90s were the best i'll say it a thousand times i i don't want to i don't want to pick on the movie but if uh if goldie Hawn was dead and she got shot with the shotgun 
she wouldn't bleed. <gasps> Burp popcorn. Oh, wait a minute. No, no, no. Because she was still alive when she got shot by the shotgun. Oh, well, touche. Oh, she had taken so that the was, potion. That's when that she died. That was the first time she died. Okay. Yes. Yep. Okay. All right. Yep. We, we were she had just the, the potion just helped her lose weight and look more fabulous initially. Well, talking about the potion and looking more fabulous and, and Corey, you might like this because you like naked women, like you said earlier. <laughs> I, I loved it after uh, Madeline took the potion and she's looking at her body and I think she's in kind of a, I don't know, a romper, I guess you yeah. could call it. Yep, I would call um, it, yep. She looks down and you could just see her ass kind of fill up Perk and then you up, see yep. see her boobs kind of swell up and squeeze together. Like I don't know how they did that part, but you could just tell she was like, "Oh wow. I I like this a lot." And then her quote is, "I'm a girl." Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. It's yet again another another moment where the effects, like that was her actual bra moving, right? Like today yeah. it would have been CG breasts moving and relocating mm -hmm. to like New Jersey. But yes, yeah, and they her her nipples would have popped open and like start talking. Um, um like oh, like Austin Powers. You're talking like a fembot. <laughs> yes, sort of classic. Did have um, fembot vibes, but so um, speaking of in the same scene, Justin of um, Lyle, as we're calling her, um, mm -hmm. actually it is Lisa to be honest with you, because um, because if you remember in the one moment in the movie, um, Goldie and um, uh, Meryl are talking about getting Bruce to go, and she goes, Meryl goes, he's never going to go to Lisa, like um, that's right. Yes, it is Lisa, but anyway. Um, my favorite is in the moment that Meryl meets her, the guy like turns to walk away and she stops him. She's like, keep your ass handy. And it's like, what? <laughs> Just in okay. case. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and then um, one of my, one of my favorite moments too is when um, uh, after Goldie arrives to the house um, before she shot, but, um, she's having that moment with with Bruce in the atrium area, and she's like, "Sexual, sensual, sexy, sex." sex. And like, and 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 like, frumpy <laughs> Bruce Willis is like melting, right? And it's just like, <laughs> it's yeah. just so funny. That's that was scandalous in '92. Oh, very, very. Well, I also feel like. Uh, Meryl Streep walking through the atrium with her high heels, you know, the loud clip clap. Yep. Like, I, you might think I'm crazy, but I feel like that was also like a sexual move, like in the early 90s is women in high heels and like Total power, power move. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. I, I remember ankles. I remember I remember being enamored with high heels and actually like as a kid, you know, how you don't say things correct, say things correctly. Um, apparently I used to call them hijitos, like hijitos, <laughs> but cause my mom never wore them. And, a, um, one of the people that she used to clean house for did. And so like, I was just enamored with this, like 
sound that would come from as you walked, right? I mean, it was kind of the equivalent of the light up shoe for for as a kid. It was just something that was that was there. Now, fast forward, find out I'm gay. You know, one surprised that I was enamored with high heels at a young age. <laughs> but um, but in that in that same scene where she uh, where Meryl Streep takes the potion. Um, Another favorite quote is, and Dar- and, and my uh, my fiance, soon to be husband in 16 days, um, Derek and I always say to each other is, now a warning? Because <laughs> it's like after she's already drinking. <laughs> but just, well, I, I feel like Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep, they did a very good job of acting annoyed in certain parts of this movie. Yes, yes. And it it made it very very realistic. Just like you're talking about that part. Well, there's there's a line from Meryl Streep. Uh, her and Ernest are in the car, and I think Ernest is having like an allergy attack or something. His nose is whistling, and he goes, "She goes, could you just not breathe?" Like, <laughs> yeah. And Sad. and I I love my wife to death, but like. I could see her getting annoyed at me and saying that to me. Same. Like, yep. it just, that just felt so realistic and just, yeah, I would just agree. Like that. I, I love your wife, but I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> but just, just like you said, now a warning, like, yep. Or even like, I think there were several times Meryl Streep had a ridiculous laugh in the movie. And yep. like, it, it just, it sounded so, I don't know i don't know how to describe it but it, like it just actor's was actor's laugh it was yeah it was an actor's laugh but it also it just it felt real like i could just see somebody actually being annoyed at you and doing that yep speaking of actors brian i want to ask you something hmm. did you pay attention to who was guests at the party um that lisa was holding I did. I wrote down a small list. Um, before I share my list, I just want to mention how much I loved that whole bit of the like, oh, yes, every spring. A, she said she follows the spring. So like just all the time she has this party or like <laughs> spring in spring in L.A. is when she has the party or when she has spring in Greece. Like anyway, um, but I love that there was the the crazy computers. I loved uh when Bruce Ernest uh, was like escaping the room, the the butlers, the little hair metal dudes, their names, Tom, Dick and Harry. Yep. Hilarious. Um, <laughs> but I like that they said it out of order. She's like, Tom, Harry, Dick, or like whatever, something. Dick, yeah. Harry, Tom, something. But it wasn't in the classic order, but you're right. Yes. Um, but I wrote, uh, I saw Marilyn Monroe. Uh, I saw, I, I don't know who the white bowl cut dude was, but I feel like he was someone. Andy Warhol. Thank you. Oh, yep. I'm so uncultured. Um, who else? Uh, I think I saw a princess Diana. I think. Uh, no, she wouldn't have been dead by that time. I'm also bad at history. That's um, okay. Elvis, obviously. Yes. Uh, James Dean was there. He stole James Dean's car. That's all I got. I'm sure there was a ton more. And that's something. I, oh, go, no, go for it, Justin. I, I was just going to say, I was shook to realize what was going on in that part. Because 
I don't, Brian, I don't know if you said his name, but the the one that I saw initially was Andy Warhol. And I was like, wait a minute, why is he in this? And then I saw Marilyn Monroe, and then Corey said, they're all dead. And just that's a little Easter egg that's so great. But I have to, but even after I told you that, Justin, it hit me further. It hit me today. One, they're dead. But what Lisa says when she gives the potion is, you can take this, but you need to disappear in 15 years years or whatever. So technically, that is them disappearing and they're still alive, right? Um, Or they could be dead and whatever. But I think... I don't think, let me phrase that. The majority of the people at the party there, I think, are truly alive with eternal um, youth with the potion. Obviously, Meryl and Goldie had tragic accidents very quickly and died and had Ernest to help make them look alive. But but it hit me today. I was driving back from um, I was driving back from work and I was like, oh my gosh, they're there because they everyone kind of disappeared early in life. I mean, Andy Warhol, I think, was in his 50s. Um, you know, Marilyn Monroe was young, uh, but anyway, so, and, and obviously Elvis's mysterious disappearance, it all just adds up to what Lisa says about you have to disappear from, from light. So I just such a, and, and that's just to your point. I didn't realize that until within the last year about those people. Cause I just, I've watched it so many times that it's, it's mindless, right? Mm-hmm. Well, something I want to tell our listeners, um, I, I want, I want you guys to watch a movie see who you see and uh, give us a comment. Let us know who you find in the party scene. See if we missed anybody. Yeah. Pause it. Record it. Report it. Or do the the classic uh, DVD AB moment. You know how you could replay, you know, a a tiny scene of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, in in sequential order, sort of around that time, um, can we just talk about why in God's name there was a, and maybe actually now that I'm saying this, I think it goes along with the thunder and lightning, but the fact that there's a giant electrical panel in the same room as the pool. Not just an electrical panel, an electrical panel that looks like it was taken off Darth Vader's chest. Yes. It's yeah, just, it's all, all big square red and green buttons. Yep. Like, beep, boop, beep, I'm a computer. They're like, let's put this in a really high humidity area. Sounds great. Yeah. That what, what, nice. who designed that place? Well, not um, to mention the, the building, it looked like it was a skyscraper. I mean, it yeah. looked like it had like a hundred floors to it. Yep. But wasn't there a part when he was, he, he escaped the pool area and then he took the elevator up, which, you know, it's just like every scary movie. People always go upstairs when they're getting chased and they don't go. <laughs> or, or in a basement. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, let's just go to a dead end, like, and hope for the best. But um, he takes the elevator up. And when he gets off, isn't there a a random panther or a tiger up there? Or did I did I just make that up? I think you might have been hallucinating. I'm gonna watch it afterwards, and listeners slide into our DMs and let us know what you find because I I don't want to say you're wrong, but I really feel like he he went upstairs and then there was like there was a a big cat of some sort that was waiting for him upstairs because he 
what did he do? I think he went to the stairs and he went even higher and he got on the roof. And then he's, you know, kind of crawling around the roof and and uh, Meryl Streep and, and Goldie Hawn come up there and and they're, you know, kind of irritated with him. They're like, just take it already. Take it. Can, and we need on, you on that note. My we haven't really come up with the thing that we didn't like about the movie. The, my one, I guess, character critique, because I loved the characters um obviously bruce willis's character is meant to be sort of a putz uh and he plays it well um but he always like multiple times throughout the movie it's the same trope where he's like yeah okay i'm listening to what you're saying you're right i should i should do this thing yeah you're 100 percent right and then he's right at the edge of doing the thing you can't see that bottle i'm gonna use this one because it's solid colored you can't see whatever listeners can't see it he's right at the edge of taking the potion and then she's like, yeah, do it. We need you. Do it. Do it. And he's like, wait a minute. You don't, you don't like me. I don't need to do this. No. And then he runs away. And it happens like three times in the movie where it's just the same thing. Like he's on the edge of doing the thing that's bad. And then he just goes, wait a minute. You, you're trying to pull one over on me. Not today. I'm going to jump out. Drop from the well, ceiling into the pool but if, now. But if you think about it, that's that's his whole life, right? I mean, he was getting ready to marry um, Helen and then swap to Meryl, right? Like, mm-hmm. well, did I? I think I might have missed it. Did um, Madeline make him stop being a surgeon? I, they they I, they allude to that. Okay, I think I, they allude. I, to, I think they allude to her being controlling. And whatever that means, right? Like I don't, yeah. I don't know. They alluded to that well, though, would, to break him down. You would think she would want him to be a surgeon, making more money than just being a yeah. uh, what is he? He's uh, a mortician, undertaker, undertaker. Well, is he though? I mean, oh yeah, no, no, he is. No, undertakers dig the graves. He he didn't dig them. He 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 did the the makeup. No, that's a backhoe. <laughs> Speaking of, how is your? Never mind. Uh, no. <laughs> anyway, um, no, I think that what she did. This podcast is so silly. <laughs> uh, I think what probably happened is he was miserable and he became a miserable drunk, and he probably had the shakes real bad. You can't do plastic surgery. You got the shakes. I think he you had know. a malpractice thing. To be honest with you, could be because. Could show up drunk. He can show up drunk think, and paint I think somebody. Something, I mean, I think I think for him to not be in the medical field anymore, he had to have some kind of malpractice. And I think it's to your point, Brian, related to alcoholism. Yeah. Uh, Alcohol abuse to... when he's spilling that bourbon all over the place, though. I didn't want to jump ahead, but I've been waiting for that. You, talking about how he was so close to doing the bad thing, but then never doing it. it wouldn't take, you the... know. Going forward, you know, Goldie Hawn and her, uh, her, her, you know, bright ideas of trying to poison people with their glasses, you know, they, they poison his bourbon glass. Giant bourbon glass. It's like a big gulp. It's a pint glass. One pint rocks glass. So I have to say, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, when I saw them hand it to him, I was like, why is that glass so large? 
That is the biggest glass of bourbon ever. So I have to say, and I think I sent it to Justin because we were watching it during the movie. But um, here's a little shout out to William Sonoma. William Sonoma sells a, I think it's listed as a triple old fashioned glass, actually. And I have pretty big hands. Um, and it is definitely a glass that I have to kind of struggle to get my hand around versus, you know, being able to do a kind of a closed grip. And so, um, like I said, Christmas is around the corner. You may be getting one in the mail. I've always Ooh. actually wanted it just for the fact of, if anything, to be able to have a big rock in there to drink bourbon where there's a lot more rock than bourbon ratio. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Corey, we were talking about this. We both said we love a classic uh, rocks glass. Just that yes, a, a proper rocks glass. There is nothing better than holding that and having a drink out of that. You feel you just feel like a million dollars. Yeah, it's it's it's. Hard. I mean, just like tonight, honestly, having this martini glass is also very elegant and fun, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sitting here in an Ireland T-shirt from Target and pajama pants. There's nothing elegant about this moment right now, but it feels a little bit extra special with the glass. Yeah, you fancy, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we are all. I know our, our listeners can't see us, but I think we're all dressed very nice tonight. Corey with the Ireland shirt, <laughs> Brian with the mouse rat shirt. Represent I'm wearing a cheer shirt sweater. Just living our best lives, you guys. Yep. That's what being Good. in your 30s is. Oh, it's true. It's true. So um but, one uh, more one more thing while we're talking about um uh the moment of Bruce Willis being, you know, doing doing the right thing, doing the wrong thing. Um my favorite is right before that. I think while he's down in the pool area after he, I don't know, it doesn't matter. At some point, one of the quotes that I wrote down is he says, what if someone pushes, what if I fall down the stairs? Right. <laughs> I love that he backpedals from that because he obviously pushed Madeline down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Well, <sighs> Was there anything else? That you, I, looking through my notes, guys, I think we've. There, there is one last thing, and it kind of wraps up the movie. I, you know, I, I told you I like the hospital scene. I also thought the funeral scene was very funny. The funniest, because you know they just, they just seemed like two old hens sitting in the back of the funeral, wearing their, you know, the black dresses and a black veil, and just being covered up, and just, mm-hmm. you know, also being like two grumpy old men making comments the entire service and and i i can't remember what the priest said he said something oh he he said something endearing about Ernest, and they just go blah 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 i wrote this down go ahead i wrote it down so he had six kids a new wife adopted kids all over the world he opened the Manville Marriage Counseling Clinic, the Manville Center for the Study of Women, which is hilarious, and an AA chapter, which he talked on and on about. And then they're... Blah, blah, blah. I know, but again, blah, it, go- blah, blah. 
it goes back to how realistic they sounded because you could actually hear somebody saying blah 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 like being so annoyed and i and i also think they they rolled their eyes like in that part which i i mean again that was just it, it just was hilarious to me um i love that part as well and i have to say that um without name dropping that would absolutely be me and our dear friend who's deployed right now um, at at an event like that. We would be in the back row, like, <laughs> yeah, not necessarily being as obnoxious, but also being completely isolated, so we could talk under our breath the whole time. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I can see but that. then, but then, like, kind of as, as they go on, you know, they they take the veil up, and you can see. Their faces look terrible. Oh yeah, because they don't have Ernest there to to spray paint them anymore or to draw on their makeup. I'm pretty sure Meryl Streep took a sharpie to draw in her <laughs> eyebrows. No, it's not I mean, even the sharpie. What was the what was the super smelly one as kids that had like oh, oh. horizontal it, lines on it? it? Was a marker? It was like uh like a was like, it like a, tan a tan color, color? and like it had a horizontal purple. stripes on it. Yeah. And yep. they made they made funky noises when you write when you wrote squeaked. with them, right? They squeaked. Yep. But you would you would love you love the way they smelled. Yep. So I mean, based on that fact that it was the '90s, that's probably what she used. <laughs> yeah. I love that they were talking about like, oh, get the acrylic. Oh, you're just gonna need some bondo. Like they've spent, I'm assuming about 37 years because I said 37 years later, learning how different adhesives and hardware store paints and tools work to try and keep themselves together because like yep. that paint was caked on you know who face. they needed they they needed your local avon lady and uh yes. so she could she could have came with a rubber spatula and just spackled everything on so yeah. oh my goodness That's, yeah they needed they... edward's adoptive mom whose name i've already forgotten rebecca sort of are um no Pam, Patricia? is like no Barb, Pam? Barb, Peg, no, Peg. It's a like baby. a one. It's like one syllable though. I feel like M- Mrs. Scissors hands. <laughs> Mrs. Scissors hands. Scissors hands. This is a Mrs. Scissors hands. Mrs. Cinnamon's. It's Peg. Um, Mrs. <laughs> it's Peg. I finally Peg. found it. Peg. Awesome. Yeah, one syllable, like I said. But Pam, Peg, the, whatever. You the it. movie ends. Kind of quick, but it also ends great. How they didn't they get into an argument at the top of the stairs, they fall down the stairs, they come crashing apart like crash test dummies, mm-hmm. and then they just go, Where'd you park the car? Like, yep, but it, and I love that they, the they're better, bitter, and petty to the end, absolutely, yeah, but they have each other, and you know. That's yeah. that's they're, their their lives. I think they're stuck with each other. And that's that's the I think that's the funny takeaway in the satirical part of this movie is that, you know, Hollywood, California, honestly, America obsessed with beauty, obsessed with youth and, and staying young at any expense. And yep. their consequence for that is that they're stuck with each other and they have this hilarious love hate relationship 
their whole lives and now their whole lives is apparently eternity and yep. they can't abandon each other because they need each other to stitch one another back together. Yeah. Well, you know, so going back, I, I just want to backtrack real quick because I want to ask you guys a question. It's kind of my burnt popcorn. Um, so they back to the party. We have all these famous celebrities that had passed away there at the party. They all still look perfect. Shouldn't they be kind of falling apart like hell? It's only if they've died, though. That's the thing. Precisely. But, that's why. That's why. That's why Leslie, the one with the beaded bra, is like, I'm 76 years old, or, whatever, or however old she is, the 300 years old, whatever it is, and she looks flawless. Mm-hmm. But that's why. That's why she warns them: you have to take care of yourself. Yeah. Nobody's shooting Elvis in the chest with a shotgun. Nobody's pushing James Dean down the stairs. But that's why. But that's. But that's also why Justin. She tells them you have to disappear out of like the spotlight because you're not going to age. So people are going to start to notice, right? So AKA basically as long as you take care of yourself, you're going to look the same forever. Yeah. They're like vampires. Cause she says, cause she says, um, we stop the aging process dead in its tracks and it reverses. So it's not that it's slowed down. I mean, they, she actually talks about it stopping and reversing, flip it, reverse it, whatever that, whatever that is. And you're come on. No, so no. it sounds like you guys liked the movie. Loved it. Yeah, I, I think it, it holds lot. up. I think it's a I think it's a silly um it's just a it's a silly fun movie. Yeah. I you know, we we've we've watched a few movies so far. You know, we said 2012, you know, is a movie. If you see it on TV, stop watch it but continue to do what you're doing i'll do i will i i will say this movie i i will actually be like hey i'm gonna watch death becomes her this is a funny movie i'm looking for a laugh like i'm probably gonna watch it around halloween time it's kind of you know, it kind of almost reminds me of like an Adams Family, uh, like the Burbs, Edward Scissorhands mm-hmm. type movie. Yep. Yep. Um, it was it was just very funny, and it it kept my attention the entire time. Yeah, so, couldn't agree more. But um, speaking, no, go ahead. I last thing I I I know I said it earlier. I just I don't know if it holds up today. Because I feel like, one, if they were to remake it today, it wouldn't be the same. They would they would over, they would put too many effects in it. And I feel like it would lose kind of that charm that it has. Um, also, they made several jokes that were appropriate, I feel like, at that time. That are probably not appropriate now. But, again, you know, that it was a different time. That was 30 years ago. Oof. God, that sounds so hard to say that that the early nineties were thirty years ago. <laughs> yeah. I know how old I am, and that still sounds weird. I know, I know, it really does. It <laughs> really does. The um, the one thing we didn't talk about, and I I can't imagine closing out this podcast without talking about it is, and this is also something that I didn't notice until within the last five times that I've watched this movie. And by the way, I watched this movie probably. 
every other month. Like it's just, and again, it's background for me, right? It's just something in the background. But anyway, <clears throat> uh, I know Justin pointed that out. Brian, mm. did you notice anything special about Leslie's nails? Leslie, the yes. beaded, the beaded bra woman. Anything special about her nails or in one nail specifically? Uh, I'm going to guess it was a Coke nail. Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, not something I noticed because probably growing up, I didn't know what a Coke nail was, but, um, you know, I was, <laughs> Justin, Justin I pointed was laughing it out at though. the boobs. I... <laughs> it was her, it was her left pinky. She had a long red nail. Yep. And, and I thought maybe it was, you know, both pinkies, but it was only her left one. And, um, th- the reason why that stuck out to me is because, uh, Goldie Hawn's nails, the entire movie were those giant red long fingernails. Like, again, that was such an eighties and nineties trend to have these <laughs> long pointed nails. I know that's kind of the trend again now, but it, it just, you could just, I, yeah. you could hear and you could feel feel the nails like mm-hmm. yep yeah yep so silly well i'm glad you both liked it thank you for letting me choose it and i'm glad you both enjoyed it so no it was you. a great pick great a pick great, great movie i think a lot of people are going to enjoy it speaking of picks um i believe the next one is from you justin yes this is one of my all-time favorite movies this is also a Thanksgiving movie. Um, it's a movie called Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah. Steve Martin, Steve Martin, John Candy. Classics. G- classic. Great movie. Um, real quick, before we do talk about that, we watched um, Death Becomes Her on Amazon. Uh, for me Corey Corey actually has a copy so if anybody wants to watch it just uh write him a letter at uh, and he can at email his, you I'll just give you my home info. address at yes he can email you the DVD yeah it's like but it's no. like Netflix it'll be in a Ziploc bag just keep just keep the um quilted northern paper towel on both sides so it doesn't scratch thank you Kids, they used to Netflix used to send you DVDs. DVDs were uh, they were like Blu-rays, but a little shittier. Um, it was a plate. It was a simple <laughs> plate or a mirror. I mean, yes. you know, a, a, a compact mirror. Yes, but no, we we watched this on. Uh, I I rented it on Amazon uh, Prime. I think I rented it for three dollars. Um, but yeah, and I'm pretty sure Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is going to be on Hulu, or you can rent it on Amazon. But yeah, I'm very excited, very excited, because you guys haven't seen that, have you? I don't think I ever have. I have. I, I am not an aficionado with it, though. I've probably seen it once or twice, and it's been years since I've seen it. So it'll be like watching it again for the first time. Yeah, I I think we're going to have a very good time with this. Um I'm having I a great John time Candy, doing this. So. Oh, yeah. John Candy. He plays a very dopey, annoying character. So makes you want to pull your hair out, but also you want to just grab him and give him a big old hug. Good old John so, Candy. Yeah. Well, right. gang, 
sounds like it's curtain call time. Thanks so much for this podcast, both of you. This is such a good idea. I'm having a blast. Listeners, thank you. Um, thank you for uh, giving us a shout on uh, Instagram. Um, give us your feedback. Uh, give us your suggestions. Um, we're just kind of going through picking films. But if, if you have one that you'd like us to watch, um, give us a shout. Instagram, um, at the Gmail, wherever, wherever you can. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful evening. And happy Halloween.